water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back to Bending the Elements. Here me and Isaac are going to be discussing today, book two, chapter two, The Headband. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between unaffiliated. Yes, and this is an episode I've been somewhat looking forward to. This, this, There's a lot going on here, and at the same time, maybe not a lot going on. But this was one that stuck out in my memory in book two. Interesting. So. <laughs> I'd like to hear this. Looks like he'll be uh, taking the reins on this one. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, how this conversation goes. Did you happen to see who was the writer and director on this one? I forgot to write that in my notes. Uh, no, I forgot. I know who animated it. Oh, yes, I could definitely take a stab at that. Yep. It looks like it was John O'Brien writing and Joaquin DeSantos directing. Uh, yes, our old buds. Yeah, a typical team by this point. Seems like they've got everyone, all their ducks in a row, and everyone's turned out good work. Yeah, everybody knows their place. Ever like they've they've put everybody in their place, so it's it's working out well. Everyone knows exactly what uh, moves to to put into their dance to uh, get things rolling. Yeah, by this point, it's the end of the production. So, like, literally, if this is a theater production, like this is the end of it. So the the run is over. the run The run is nearly over. They all know their part, and uh, they've memorized it perfectly. They all know the little nuances that that occurs. And speaking of knowing our parts, I'll jump right into the the summary here. We begin this episode with the gang still traveling within the Fire Nation and find themselves in need of some new clothes. The gang decide to steal from a local laundromat and head to a nearby town to do some shopping. But as bad luck would have it, Aang happened to steal the uniform of a student and is picked up by some truant officers. They deposit him in a nearby school and Aang quickly finds himself immersed in the plot of a Fire Nation teen movie. We see Aang gets in conflict with a local bully. He makes friends with a group of outcasts, gets in good with a popular girl, and starts a minor dance revolution among the students. And along the way, Sokka and Katara have to play the role of his parents, and as dance is forbidden for the students, at the end of the episode they hold a dance party in the cave that they're hiding out in. The students learn that they enjoy the freedom of expressing themselves through dance, but before they can enjoy it too long, the truant officers show up to shut the party down. But as they search the group for Aang, now going under the name of Kuzan, the kids band together to confuse the guards as the boomerangs escape into their next adventure. But for the Zuko side of the plot, doubt has begun to plague the Fire Prince about the supposed death of the Avatar. He's been having trouble sleeping, and he finds himself sneaking off to see his imprisoned Uncle Iroh for advice. But Iroh refuses to speak, or even acknowledge the presence of his fallen nephew. Zuko tries several tacks to break Iroh's resolve, flying into fits of fury when it fails every time. Finally, Zuko gives up, leaving his uncle in the sorrow of his situation, and to finally meet his worries head-on, Zuko hires a bounty hunter with a diamond eye tattoo on his forehead and sends him off to secretly hunt for any sign of the Avatar. And that is how we end the headband. 
Well, thank you, sir, for that. Uh, let us go on and forth and start the episode. So digital, physical, legal, or illegally purchased, press play right now. Yeah, back alley copies and all that. Found under a rock, maybe. All that good stuff. Or found hanging on a clothesline. Oh, there you go. Yeah, tie right into the episode. All right, so here's my first point. So given what the episode entail uh, is about and what's within it, what genre of music does the main title sequence fit into? That's my question. Oh, wow. That's... Huh. Do you have any guesses? Nope. <laughs> I just threw it out there of like maybe to like theme song music or not. Whistler song. I was going to say like adventure, just like score music. I don't know if it fits into a, a proper genre, but <laughs> but I guess fair question. I don't know if I could do much of a jig to that opening theme. Yeah, neither can I. We've 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 had our we tried our hand at uh, at the, the theater or the, the concert. Excuse me. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, just running through the, yeah, the old. Do we have much of these recaps in the first season? I ordered. Was that a book two invention? No, like the it was book two, which started it. Book one was like, status course, and then we, because uh, because I thought for the longest time that I was, that there was a previously on in book one, but they didn't do that till book two, mm. which was I think smart. If you, yeah, at least uh, at least how I think of it. Yeah, it ma- it makes more sense after that point. Yeah. So we're like, hey, you guys have to start paying attention to stuff. And speaking of paying attention to the episode, we open up here deep in the Fire Nation. This is across enemy lines. And we come into a bedroom and someone's looking like they're having a bit of a disturbed sleep. You know, maybe some some bad dreams again for our old Prince Zuko. The world's kind of turning. I don't know. We, like instead of him lying down, he's now standing up. It's it's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Somebody's gravity bending, I guess. Oh, we'll get to that, I'm sure, one day. Yeah, exactly. And we'll wait, well, wait till, like, you know, everybody, when, when the civilization uh, reaches the stars, then they're going to have to start, like, <laughs> I don't know, coming up with bending on the fly. Of like, all right, let's see how if we can, like, can we somehow, like, you know, manipulate gravity? Who knows? Yeah, we've mentioned in the past so we're waiting for our sci-fi Avatar series to come. <laughs> our steampunk one. Still got to mention that. Yeah, well, that's kind of, in a way, like, the show's kind of exhibiting some steampunk elements because yeah, of firebending, in a way. Like, all the, like, the drill and any of the tanks, those are technically classed in, like, the steampunk genre. Yeah. Because they are running on steam. Uh, they have an internal combustion engine, but there's no, like, fossil fuel, so it has to be steam instead. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I guess, uh, if I could say one, one, one thing... Uh, yeah, only one thing. Yeah, I, I, this is my only thing about this episode. Uh, I like the fire, how the Fire Nation capital is within inside a uh, erupted volcano, and long, mm. long past like erupted and, and dormant. Sorry, I gotta make that clear. Yeah, that explains uh, Zuko having to climb over these big, uh, kind of mountainous ranges as he's heading off to uh, this. What kind of looks like a high security, kind of lockdown place? It doesn't exactly look like a prison. But it looks like somewhere, you know, where they store things that they don't want people to have access to. Yeah, I like how it's also uh, carved from the mountain itself. I think that's pretty cool. It is cool. And yeah, this, as we start here, we see him go in and then we see him go out. 
Well, okay, sorry. We, we see him approach it from the outside, but he doesn't go in because a guard calls to him saying, like, who goes there? Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, instead of saying access Sally, he, uh, he just, you know, turns around and leaves. So it seems as though there's something inside there that's that he needs to go see. I wonder, I wonder what. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. We will, uh, we will wait and uh, we'll have to see later on. Yeah, but right now I'm seeing a very strange-looking iguana and some pretty little birds here as we cut back to to the boomerangs. And I think this is a pretty cool little introduction to them hiding in that cloud. It's actually making me think a little bit of uh, Nope from uh, from last year. You stole my joke, darn it. I was going to yell out, oh no, it's Jean Jacket. <laughs> Which I already, I already used that joke before somewhere, but like even still, yeah, it's like, that's, that's no cloud. <laughs> I, I like that. I, it's, I'm surprised they haven't been doing that this whole time. Maybe Ang just recently figured how to figure out how to do that. Yeah, probably would have saved them some time when they were trying to go to um, the Fire Temple Island uh, back in uh, the Winter Solstice. Uh, oh, speaking of which, happy spring equinox. Uh, forgot to mention that, everybody. Today is the equinox, I believe. Oh, well, well, well. And they're arriving at this little, little uh, cave by the shore. It kind of looks like a hobbit hole, even. It's a very pretty little environment here. And even though it seems like they're pretty far on the outskirts to some degree, Sokka's still, uh, he's pulling out his old little get smart spy routine. He's sneaking around. He's doing some little rolls. He's even saying he can't trust the birds. Even the birds could be, uh, yeah, the enemy in disguise. In disguise, in disguise, in disguise, like in uh, Murder by Death. I mean... We have Toph, who can, like, sense if anything is, like, hidden within the ground. So, like, I assume we're okay. She's not reacting to anything. So, like, I think it's okay. But she can't uh, She can't feel what's going on in the skies. And you never know. Uh, hockey might be up there again. Who? From the pilots. <laughs> that doesn't exist in this universe. <laughs> Like carrier carrier hawks exist as we as they mentioned in the last episode, but like we haven't we 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 haven't seen one. I guess I was thinking of a parallel uh, parallel universe avatar. Yeah, that's a different universe where like, well, we'll go into that later. But anyway, uh, so we go inside a cave. Why is it always caves? Uh, those puffins, by the way, those birds, they just look like puffins. Yeah, pretty much. They they just just like just like uh, Bosco. Where he's just a bear. Like, nothing else to it, just a bear. Basically, I was expecting, like, porgs to show up, but probably not in this case. <laughs> yeah, but what's Sokka talking about in this scene in the cave here? Lay it out for us. Uh, making camp until the invasion starts. They may have to, you know, go from cave to cave. They're now cave dwellers. Mm, cavemen, as it were, and women. They, uh, they, before they had a nice little house that they, you know, had for free and now they are back to living within caves or not often i guess i mean you know they they were out in the wild so before so it's not really i guess the end of the world i don't know what what you mean by that uh Sokka, because you have two earthbenders here that can probably like you know make a comfortable looking oh yeah bed yeah. if you out of rock if if you allowed them to they could find hay somewhere or a bunch of grasses like I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, but could those earthbenders craft them some new clothing? Because Katara, you know, like Prince Zuko was struggling getting used to the on-the-road life, she's getting pretty choked about 
having this messy clothes. And she's like, something's got to be done. And fair enough, her their stuff is starting to look pretty dirty. You mean tattered? Yeah, tattered, you know. A little dirty looking, a little browned. And Aang doesn't even have a proper shirt anymore. He's just got that like bandage. Like, what's going on there? You mean his pants? Well, he's got the pants, but for the shirt-wise, I mean. I mean, that's just to cover his, you know, exposed torso from literally when it was, like, exposed. You know, when Azula lit him up with lightning. <laughs> yeah, probably burnt up his, his old top of his outfit. So, yeah, it's all screwed up now. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't save, they could save Aang, but they couldn't save his clothes. Did you like this little joke here with Toph about, like, oh, we need some food, too, or I don't eat these little cave crawlers that Momo seems to like so much? Those guys also didn't look like chimeric uh, beasties. They just look like white grasshoppers. Well, white grasshoppers, which is, I, is that a thing? I think so. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, or at least albino ones. Yeah, see the, uh, well, maybe these aren't all, maybe they're albino, but they're the like common variety of, of grasshoppers. Yeah. Uh, uh, see the, uh, oh, wait, no, that's locusts, right? No, wait, grasshoppers, no, is it, yeah, grasshoppers then can evolve into locusts? Yeah, it's not so much evolving, it's it's just kind of a, a secondary state that they can switch into. Yes, uh, for all those curious, go uh, listen to on the other channel, the Exorcist 2 podcast. Yeah, the novice elitist. Yeah, where Caleb goes into uh, the scourge of locusts and how they'll be the end of us. Yeah, and the horrors of me living with them in Alberta as a child. But, but either way, they uh, yeah they the new course of action is they got to go get some clothing. But instead of going into a market, you know, and and maybe trying to buy some clothes, which may have called attention to themselves, and they're clearly not Fire Nation garb. They decide the best way to do it is just for, to steal from their enemies, you know. So screw these common folks who are just trying to make a living and just try to, to dry their laundry. We're just going to rob them. They're the new Prince Zuko's. I mean, to be fair, Aang does question it of like, listen, it's a, it's for survival. And hopefully it's, you know, these, these people can find different clothing. But it would be pretty awkward if like the recipients of said uh clothing come by and they meet face to face and be like wait is that mine (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was thinking about that too when he came to the classroom later but um yeah and i got the sense of this was this guy's business it looked like maybe that old guy was just like a like a laundromat and yeah now all this stuff got stolen i wonder if he does refunds or if he's just you know yeah that's too bad for him yeah i mean i i like the i like the laundromat itself like just just how it's you know in it, what it looks like in this world or at least in this culture where you know the way they just i guess heat everything or dry everything is just leave it outside and it's near <laughs> a uh natural spring almost in a way where there are these like uh, vents uh mm-hmm. steam vents excuse me that like i guess steam them dry which I, well either wrinkles cotton or <laughs> uh t- shrinks it excuse me or uh, does something else <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a cute idea, though, but I, I did also think about that. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, Toph, she, she's wearing some shoes. I guess she can't be walking around barefoot in the city. Probably make her stand out. Although I never, I don't think we see her in the city much, Toph. Well, no, what she does is she's a smart thing of like, all right, so yeah, I can't just be walking around barefoot or else, yeah, they're going to spot me, right? So what she does is that she ri- rips open the bottom of the shoes uh, to expose her feet uh but still have the shoes like 
uh, around her foot so that there's an illusion of like, aha, she's she's wearing shoes. She's normal. <laughs> Although I think the hairstyle is probably going to have to change, uh, unfortunately. I think she's going to have to lose the bob or uh, however her st- hairstyle is because they might be like, hey, wait a minute. Isn't that like an Earth Nation or isn't that an Earth Kingdom uh, looking hairstyle? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she'll get a. Uh, uh, what's that word again that the the kids use when they play that one uh, dank game that's that's overrated that I dislike so much even though I mentioned it like I was the first one to mention it uh, whatever that thing is where she'll be um, smoked out that's what it is she'll be smoked out uh, by the authorities sussed <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of uh, yeah wearing something that's not fitting into the current uh, culture that they're in. Yeah, Katara shows up in her new outfit, and this is this is definitely an image I've seen memed, as it were, and shown all over the place in any sort of avatar forums that I've seen. Interesting. Go on. Yeah, for whatever reason, this image of Katara with her like smiling with her. Yeah, that that comes up a lot. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Just yeah. Okay. When they like pan. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Just like, and is this before she takes off her grandmother's betrothal necklace? Yeah, it's the first time that we see her face as she's standing there smiling and yeah, Aang looks abashed. <laughs> what can you say, man? He's uh it's it's springtime. That's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, but she realizes that she can't have that around her neck anymore, so she she hides it. And then they go into town and then they do, do their shopping after their thefts. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it's like i mean i guess the worst thing they could could do is just like or the best thing they could do is just go donate to like a local uh clothing drive what i was thinking is that I was, I was like oh now that they're in town they'll go buy some new clothes and they'll go drop this off at the laundromat that they stole from but no <laughs> that's not what they do they uh, <laughs> unfortunately don't do that as much as you probably want them to do that they uh uh no they don't do that <laughs> hey there there are heroes but you know even them They've got their flaws. And we see that Aang is maybe... He remembers his time visiting here a uh, hundred years ago, and he, he's he's trying to keep up with the lingo. He's trying to he's trying to stay fresh with the, the fire the fire youth. And it doesn't seem like it's... It seems like he's maybe a little out of date. You know, he's... Well, he's only 112 years old, so he's, he's a great-grandfather to these guys and whatnot. Goes up to them, Hello, my fellow kids. Yeah, and Grandpa's calling everyone a hotman. He's he's saying flaming every other word. Yeah, it's 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 like when I go to the clubs and I'm like, yeah, breaking out my my lingo that I learned from Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother! All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> oh, but I did get a little bit of a treat watching this episode because uh, I remember I don't even know what episode it was a long, long time ago, and on the novice elitist. You ended one of the episodes by saying the the Flamio Hotman line. And I remember I was like, Flamio Hotman? What's that? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I don't remember what episode it was. but No, I think I, I remember saying, like, yeah, Flamio Hotman. But, like, um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Years later, it pays off, I guess. It always stuck out in my mind. I was like, what the heck is that? And now I have my, my answer. <laughs> Yes, you know I play the long game as I like to do. You know, it's 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 the small victories of like you know there there you go. 
that's the reference, I suppose. I guess do the Avatar forums not say that? Like, do people not just go around and be like, spit the lingo of like Flame Yohatman? No, I've never seen a comp anywhere else. Yeah. Huh. I kind of thought it was like from a video game or something. I was like, is that a video game reference? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's in uh, oh. Into the Inferno, I guess. Yeah, the Burning Earth. No, 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 no. Like Into the Inferno. Oh, is that what the last one's called? That's what that's what like book three's uh, adaptation's called. Oh, okay. Because hmm. it was Burning Earth last book, right? Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. And yeah. of, as of this recording, you still have yet to go back to that one, eh? Nope. But yeah, so we see them, you know, they're taking in the town, they're, 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 their stomachs are grumbling, and they're like, let's go get some to eat. But it turns out just about everyone in the Fire Nation is, uh, yeah, they all they all enjoy being carnivores, and poor Aang is kind of, he's left out. So, like, are they in the paleo diet, or is it just like the, what's the liver diet? Uh, they've, they don't have very good production of growing uh, greens that are edible for humans. In fact, even growing greens that are edible for animals, because you see a cow just eating a whole hunk of meat. Well, it's kind of a cow hippopotamus, which I yeah. forgot that hippopotamuses are meat eaters as well. Or like they, they eat both meat and plant. I, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Did you see that video that was making the rounds about the, uh, the lion that was trapped on a rock out on the water? And these hippos were all surrounding it. And then one of them jumped up and tried to get it off the rock and, and bite into it. And it went for a big swim. And then as it was swimming to the shore, another hippo showed up out of nowhere, popped her out of the water, sprung into the air trying to grab him. Jeez. Yeah, they were they were really going after that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fair enough. Did the lion make it or? Yeah, he made it. He made it. Oof. Yeah. yeah, do not mess with hippopotamuses. Like, they are, like, <laughs> I mean, them and crocodiles, man. Like, those, those are some legendary battles. Like, that is, that is, uh, oof, that's some scary stuff in the animal kingdom. <laughs> And it was creepy on the rock, too, because you could see all these little, like, weird, like, things in the top of the water, because you could only see the, the hippopotamuses' tops of their heads sticking out, just like a crocodile would do. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Interesting video. Yeah, those guys are fascinating. I hope they don't die out. They're, they're gonna die out, aren't they? But even still, it's like, those things are nasty. Like, without any weapons that we have, like, you're gonna die. Like, you are literally yeah. going to die. And speaking about uh, going to die, we see Aang. He goes to do some, some garbage uh, lettuce hunting. Before he can make it, he gets interrupted by uh, this gang of, uh, what do you call these guys? Truant? Truant officers? Truant officers, <laughs> which apparently don't exist anymore because I guess it was cutting, it was like taking too many funds out of like the government programs or the school programs. I have no idea, but at least in our area of the world, uh, truant officers no longer exist. Instead, policemen exist. I guess there's yeah. like some like supervisors that may like walk around, but they walk around the school instead of going around town being like, Hey kid, what are you doing? Well, you can't do that. And everyone go to five thirty-seven. as we see a top shot of Aang with his very pouty expression. He kind of looks like a, like a monkey. Just the way they set up the proportions of his face there. I think that's a very <laughs> uh, funny little shot. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, that's that, that, that's fair. By the way, I didn't realize this until now, but I love how the headband itself is an arrow. Uh, oh. I, did not, I didn't realize that until now. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, that's all right. I see what you did there. So now I got to look at like uh, Katara's new, like, little I don't know what you want to call it, but her new, like, necklace or whatever you want to call it, and see if it resembles like a stand in for like the water tribe symbol. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice the arrow thing either, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, but this is this is kind of a funny episode. They really play up the uh the more humorous elements in terms of just feeling more cartoony. And they play up a lot of like cartoony sound effects throughout. And uh, I think that's I think that's interesting. Aha, uh-huh. so that makes sense. So the headband uh it has the same insignia as the school. He ousted yeah. himself. Oops. Oh, I did. I thought it was the uniform, but I guess it was the headband. It was the headband. Yeah, because they say that in the dialogue, but then I realized that uh, I think like 05, like 49, they literally like pan onto like they show uh, the, the symbol from the headband on like above the uh, above the door. So it's like, oh, oops. So I guess that's a sm- and yeah, I could see a bunch of the students uh, in here uh, with all the same like. Uh, all their, I guess, it's waistband, not a headband, uh, like around their belts. Yeah, and Ang shows up in a classroom. They drag him there, and immediately this uh, this instructor, this teacher, she can suss out that something's wrong about this kid. Ugh, I hate that word. <laughs> but she just assumes that he's one of the part of the colonies. So, uh, ooh, it seems like the people in the capital maybe look down on these 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 colony dwellers. Well, uh, I, yeah, uh, uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, that tells you anything about how their societies run. <laughs> I I assume that, while you and I don't have, cannot experience this in a way, I could assume that about, uh, oh, I don't know, like 200-ish years ago that uh, our fellow country people also felt that way with, uh, or experienced that with the British, potentially. Mm, yeah. Yeah, could could see it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Definitely know what you mean. <laughs> Unfortunately, plus with a lot of other problems. But anyway, but Aang plays it off pretty cool, even though she's kind of making fun of him a little bit and being like, "Your etiquette's terrible." She even uh, what does she call him again? Something slob, no manners slob, or something like that. I uh, yeah, I don't I remember now. And then Aang's just like he like laughs and he's like, "Just call me slob." <laughs> He's going along with it. Like, he literally is, like, you know, becoming a chameleon. He's like, ah, might as well. This is a situation I'm in, so I guess I'll go with it. Yeah, and I think he's just, I think, even though even though he's been pulled into this kind of unfortunate situation, I think he's just happy to be around kids and feel like he's normal, not being recognized as the Avatar. I don't know about that just yet, but we'll uh, we'll find out. Yeah, and he, he makes up an excuse that he has a scar, and that's why he needs to wear the headband, and introduce himself as uh what's his name kuzan kuzan thank you yes mannerless colony slob yes there you go (laughs) just slob is fine there you just call me slob yeah (laughs) yeah kuzan was the he said that he used to visit him in this this little town here 100 years ago yes uh yeah 100 years ago uh if boomy was his bud from the earth uh kingdom then when the fire nation wasn't being uh, genocidal to everybody. Kuzan was his uh, fire fire hand man. Yeah, so to kind of honor him, he goes by his name here, which I think is kind of sweet. I like that. No, that's yeah, that's pretty pretty fun. Like we have Boomy, then we have Kuzan, so I I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, what we see is uh, you know, we don't really see how the class goes at this time, but we we cut to what looks like the recess period, or maybe it's just the end of the day. I'm not sure. Uh, I have, uh, some sort of setting, I guess, in the East, so maybe, but I forgot that Momo was in his chest the entire time. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. And he meets this, uh, this girl, 
Oh, what's her name? She just said it, and I just saw it on screen. It already left me. For pitch six. Onjin? Onji, maybe? Yeah, Onji looks like. Onji, indeed. Um, She was the one also who kind of gave him a heads up of how to uh, do the bow properly. Yeah, which I thought was sweet. Yeah, which is really nice of her. Like, uh, helping helping a fellow... Uh, person out uh, or the new student out excuse me yeah and i don't get the sense that she ends up being like uh, another ang romantic interest and so it's nice to just kind of have a platonic kind of uh relationship there uh, i guess we'll discuss it we'll discuss it <laughs> well i think it's a one-sided thing here my friend i think uh unfortunately we didn't have a Okay, this is not like Sokka with you know his like a a girl in every oh, town no. for his harem, but I th- we had we had Mang actually I guess or no not yeah we had Mang in book one, but I guess she was Earth Nation, so yeah I guess she was the only Earth actually no yeah we have uh, we have a girl every uh, every uh, from every nation for him. Well, on Kyoshi Island too, Aang had like just uh, who knows how many girls falling all over themselves for for their Angie. Uh, to be fair, those girls were probably like eight or like six. So that's kind of gross, dude. Whereas like Ming, I think some of them were older. At least Ming looked like she was about his age. And, uh, on Jin looks like she actually, or on excuse me, uh, looks like she is also about his age. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I feel like there's one or maybe one other, but I can't remember who at this point. But but either way, you know, she she comes up. She's like, "Oh, I like your monkey." She introduces herself, and immediately the the top uh, the top dog on the uh, on the block here he comes over. He's 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 puffing his chest out. He's bumping into Aang in, intentionally. Next thing you know, he's gonna jump behind the wheel of his fancy car and be like, "I bet you can't compete with me racing." Yeah, you gotta be fast and furious to beat me up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a typical kind of uh, tropey guy here, and I feel bad for this girl hanging on his arm. She doesn't look very impressed by him. No, certainly not. She's, uh, I feel, I do feel bad about that, but I guess that is part of the trope. Yeah. And of course, he has to go after Aang. He's like, I heard you're from the colonies, and you can hear the disdain in that. It's like uh, those colony dwellers are just the, the lowest of the low. Yeah, how could they? But so, yeah, we set up a little dynamic there, which we'll see explored a little bit later on. And we also get introduced to this little, uh, I guess, the kind of geek side of the the school. Which I don't think we get any names there, but they're kind of the unpopular types. And they're surprised that that guy didn't beat up Aang. And they're like, come hang out with us and be our friend. So so it's going right into those kind of school, new kid on the block school tropes. Yeah, the, the rejects or the those who just don't want to get picked on by the school bullies. Um, but they take a warm and a liking to Aang. I'm just like, wow, he didn't beat you up. That's impressive. You must be the protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll help you out. We'll get, get you, uh, we'll be on your side for the big dance off at the end. This is, uh, this is Greece or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess that one's another race one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And a dance off one too, actually. Just remember that one. Well, it is, I guess. But just remember that 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 film's canceled. I don't think that's film. I don't think that film's canceled. I don't know what news you've been reading, but I don't think that's the case for that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and not to mention, I saw it in the theater recently, and uh, yeah. But uh, well, I guess uh, people who are trying to cancel Greece, you're not doing a good job of it. But either way, we see we see Ang return to his cave, and we get some really pretty. Uh, 
use of lighting here with the way that they uh, they make the fire kind of make the make the images kind of glowy. I think all that's quite well done. Yep. And maybe this is your excuse now to bring up uh, who is behind this this lovely uh, looking episode. Well, you know, we had the last episode being uh, good old DR movie doing their. It's funny how we say DR movie and not Doctor movie. That's that's kind of funny how I've kept it as like DR movie this entire time. But I'm pretty sure um, somebody in the behind the scenes pronounced it DR movie, so that's just how I go by. But if it is Doctor movie, I apologize. But that's just how I've been saying it for years. Uh, but no, this is Jana Jam Animation. Excuse me. JM, wow, I'm shocked. This is, uh, no, I'm not shocked at all. This is definitely a big step up from the last one. Were you expecting Encore Video, the guys who did the uh, unaired pilot? No. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say again, they've, uh, I think the last time we mentioned an episode from them, I mentioned how it seems like they're leaning more into the kind of glowy anime type of animation. And I think they have a lot of that in this, and I think it complements well. Yeah, I guess so, but it's I I still think it's a little different than like you know how what like Japanese animation looks like from at, during this time. I think I certainly the character designs don't look okay. Yeah, Jap- Japanese inspired, but not again. You look at like Bleach or Naruto or One Piece at this time, and this is like they're just totally different, <laughs> like character design wise. Excuse me. Yeah, but if you compare this to uh, to anything from book one, I feel like you can feel the anime influences a lot heavier in something like this episode. I would say maybe like art evolution in a way, or at least like progression, excuse me, where like they've they've slowly started to like refine the art. Now, whether that's because it was difficult to draw stuff back in book one, and so they streamlined it and simplified it from then till now, perhaps, perhaps but I, I, you are still correct that, yeah, there's a lot of glow going on here yeah but uh yeah so we so we arrive at this kind of fire uh, side discussion here and the gang are all they're all pretty choked in they're like where have you been we've been so worried about you they kind of feel like feel like parents yeah you're you're uh what's it yeah yeah you're um your 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 curfew was was like you know half an hour ago and you're you're gone there you go yeah and they're the the family that's on. They're always moving. They can't settle in. And suddenly, Ang's like, "I've enrolled myself in school, and I'm I'm making friends." They're like, "What?" But we gotta keep moving, and we gotta stay undercover. I love Sokka's face. Yep, all the lines like streaking down it. <laughs> he's like, he's got googly eyes almost, except uh, his eyelids are his eyelids. Sorry, his uh, his irises are just like two points. It's perfect. And he springs up and springs back down, just shocked by Aang's uh, revelations. And then falls back down again. It's just like, what kind of what kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> yeah, we'll find out what kind of nonsense. But first, we have to cut back over to the the prison, or the uh, the cylindrical building. <laughs> I yeah. What are you talking? You say you immediately assume it's a prison. Like what the hey? I mean, I guess we saw one former prison way back in um imprisoned yeah. <laughs> uh where it was you know uh an oil rig of some sort or pl- sorry a metal platform uh on the on the ocean and then we saw the crystal prison or the, the lake laogai prison excuse me i guess yeah. also like the uh earth kingdom uh prisons in bossing say excuse me uh but now we have like this place again we have no idea what it may be yeah, and we see uh, we see someone clad in red walking, and we once again see a guard who is outraged that anyone would, would dare to come here. Yeah, 
once he realizes who it is, Prince Zuko. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, well, <laughs> he he has, he sings a bit of a different tune, especially after Zuko kind of lays the the hands on him. Yes, it's like don't forget who's in charge here. I'm the I'm part of the elite. You're just a lowly guard. Yeah, I'm part of the one percent. There you go. Yeah, part of the colonizers. You know those colonies? My dad set them up. You punk. Yeah. Uh, wait. Wait. Then he's like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought it was your great grandfather. <laughs> Or your grandfather? Uh, shut up. <laughs> My dad expanded them. Okay. He uh, he uh, he he added new rules to them and uh, put new laws in place. Yeah. Once that whole coup thing happened, and I'm not going to go into the details. Yeah. Then the colonies definitely expanded. Then. Even though I wasn't like anywhere near that, you remember Omashu? Yeah, that was my dad. <laughs> but we see is uh, we see why he's been so curious about this place. Why he's been coming there at night. Yes. And that's because old. Old Uncle Iro, he's 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 sitting like a ball in there, sitting. And he's not looking like he's uh, enjoying the pleasures of the flesh anymore. It looks like he's pretty miserable. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, uh, oh, hey, I guess this is a prison. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we see uh, that there's no, despite being formerly part of the one percent, um, Uncle is no longer given any preferential treatment uh, within inside these walls. Uh, I guess you could say it's all individuals in here are uh, treated equally. And yeah, all he has given is literally like, he's not even given like a mattress. He's just given like a, a straw mat and uh, iron bars and that's it. Yeah. And it's a pretty sad sight to see him looking so uh, beaten down. Yes. And as soon as, uh, as soon as Zuko reveals himself to be, well, Hey, it's me. Uh, he just, you know, doesn't he doesn't even turn his head to see who it is when like they walk in and as soon as like he doesn't even like glance at Zuko he just turns and faces the wall rather uh yeah he's he's more fascinated by the rabbit in the snowstorm than uh well I guess Zuko at this point and uh cut to a commercial break <laughs> yeah and we'll cut back to some more of that discussion a little bit after this but first we have to see how it's going with Aang and his uh, his parent parental stand-ins with with Sokka. Which is weird because he's 112 years old, so uh, yeah. I guess he kind of, you know, overrules all of them. Not just because he's, well, I guess, you know, respect your elders and all that stuff. Not just because he's the Avatar, but it's just like, I guess he's the oldest guy in the room, so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they should just be like, okay, Aang, whatever you say we, we're going to do. Yeah, I, I guess we got to respect our elders and whatnot. Yeah. Not to mention you're the Avatar, but... <laughs> But no, instead, instead they're all they're all pretty hesitant to agree with his plans, and and to be fair, Aang's plans don't seem that great. It almost seems like he makes up some stuff here when he's like, "Oh, I'm learning new things about the Fire Nation. Look, I got this great picture of Ozai that I saw, and then I made a noodle version of it." Although Sokka does seem impressed by that, which is a little odd. And then Aang starts talking about this vague, uh, "Oh, I could find out about this secret river that they're talking about. This very important uh, secret river." Even though we never find any, anything else out about that, so shush. <laughs> I do wonder if he made that up. <laughs> Potentially, given that uh, Sokka himself admits he is a fan of secret rivers. Yeah, he knew exactly which buttons to push. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, we're talking about Sokka here, who is a fan of exploiting somebody's weakness. Yeah, and secret things. So let's not forget the spy routine earlier. He loves the. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Flame Yo Hotman. Yep, exactly. It all it all turns out pretty well for him, and yeah, we move on to the next scene. 
and that is the yeah the straw mat and the the sad sad fat. So as uh, Zula will say later, jeez man, come on, it's the only way I can make the rhyme work. <laughs> and Azula does say it. Yeah, but it's even still, man, you can't say that about your favorite character, man. It's just like we see, you know, a man who is, yeah, pretty much denied the pleasures of the flesh, but uh, is probably not. He does not seem like he's a man who is uh, disgraced to be within these walls. It's more like the person he's uh, that is in front of him or at least behind him, excuse me, in the, in the presence of him, excuse me, that he's disgraced by goodness gracious. Yeah. Harsh, harsh words. Yeah, and I think in each of these interactions with Zuko that we see in this episode, Iroh can tell that he's like he he's done what he can to help this kid. At this point, this kid has made some really serious decisions, and it's it's up to him now. He, Iroh can't really give him counsel at this point. It's he's given him all the counsel that he can. It it seems like or at least to this point. So, so even though it, it, you can tell that it clearly hurts him to not respond and just to be kind of this wall for Zuko to yell at you know it's 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 probably better off in the long run for Zuko to to finally learn how to rely on himself maybe maybe, maybe I'm reading in too much I don't know <laughs> I I don't think so especially because like you know he he tried like he literally like pleaded with him to you know think about his decision that he made in the you know episode 20 in the, in the crossroads uh so aptly named and mm. we see, you know, in, in a way he did, he, I think he made the right choice in not uh, responding to anything that Zuko said because, well, he kind of freaks, like Zuko kind of freaks out and yeah. you know, calls him a rotten old man uh, who would, if it wasn't for what he did, like what, what, what Zuko's choice, what he made, he would be rotting in a gutter. Yeah. I don't think so. He, he had a whole, like a, a establishment. He was not an entrepreneur, but he was, you know, a business owner, man. I don't see how that's like he'd be living in a gutter. Yeah, and Zuko there, it's almost like he he's only there to seek uh, seek some sort of um, what's the word? Closure? Absolution. To be absolved. There you from go. What he's done. Yeah. And whenever he doesn't get it, he just rages and it's like he uh, maybe Iroh can tell that he's not there genuinely. He's there maybe out of guilt rather than wanting to truly make make this better yeah it's a very weird uh if i may go there uh it's it's a very weird confession uh in a way i mean yeah. we, we're in a we're in a room there's uh there's a wall between the two of them but really who's doing the confessing here like obviously you know i, I mean i guess uncle iroh is the uh, the priest in the way he's he's listening to zuko you know his confession and his uh sins and well, unfortunately, Zuko storms out of the place after he uh, doesn't exactly get what he wants and uh, destroys a chair. It's like, oh, man, yeah. like now they're going to come in and replace that. Like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, still kind of flailing around like a, a spoiled child who doesn't know what he wants, doesn't know what direction to go in. And that was, again, like you mentioned, the Crossroads episode. That was Iroh's whole point. Like, you've reached a point where you, you can't go any further until you decide who you're going to be, what you're going to do. And it's like, he almost took like a sidestep. He's like, I'll just go along with my sister's plan. And maybe that'll lead to lead me to where I need to go. Yeah. So he picked a different person to follow. 
yeah there's so there's almost like no independence with zuko like he's he's kind of yeah. he's got a avoid a devoid of character in a way yeah and that, that's part of his character yeah he's been so defined by all these other people around him like who is he really yeah. and he just yeah yeah uncle iroh was trying to put that on him as uh some independence yeah. literally that was uh that was pretty cool of him but obviously right now uh you know just like like he said he just leaves in frustration good job by dante bosco as well for yeah uh, with with the emotions going there it's uh just good acting on, on that but that guy can do some good acting yeah but i guess to try to yeah get back get back to this a little bit yeah we we cut back to the school and ang is he he's struggling to kind of fall into this very rigid kind of path that they all have to lead he he can't get there little uh is it their oath to the fire nation or i guess their uh national anthem almost god save the queen yeah he can't get that right uh we see him struggling later on with the, in the music class unless you have more to say about this little scene there uh just that he you know well i i oh, i well, okay yeah P- yeah potentially outs himself because it's like shouldn't you know this like fire uh national anthem or fire nation national anthem excuse me yeah i can't get that right in music class, he's instead of just playing and sitting with a unhappy expression, he's getting all into it. He's dancing around. He's, you know, he's rocking his head. He's playing a pretty kicking little beat there, even though he says that he's terrible. I think he was OK. I, I'm still on uh, the uh, what do you call it? I'm still uh, in the little pop quiz section because I think it's a little important because they ask a question of. What you what was the year when Fire uh Fire Lord Sozin uh conquered the air nomads? Oh yeah, I did like that bit. Yeah. I feel like that's kinda important to at least discuss, like quickly, quickly go on, because it's it shows, you know, one one thing that these children are being taught of like, you know, the the one side of, of history. Uh yeah. and we literally have an air nomad here saying, like, ah, hang on a second without outing himself uh smoking him snuffing himself out that's another thing um just like the air nomads did not have a military yeah no that is uh yeah that is yeah a good point to make but uh but it's funny as soon as he says that it's like heresy how could you yeah it's nice to see that you know this this really is like the fire youth they're getting programmed a very particular point of view that doesn't necessarily match up with the facts which is always a an active part of fascist regimes regimes to just yeah do the brainwashing when they're young uh programming and or uh through the use of information and uh structuring uh how they uh, where they get their experience and history from uh yeah. yes if if i could use a less uh, uh problematic word than brainwashing even though it clearly is brainwashing don't worry yeah it could be brainwashing and and let's not forget, it's not just fascist regimes that do it as well. Uh, democracies that were formed under very unpleasant uh, means also come around with that kind of brainwashing after the fact. It exists within our country. Sorry, it exists within our country, certainly. Yes, and it works very well. It, it The things that you learn in school can be very fundamental, even if you learn later in life that what you're taught were lies. A lot of folks will just put their blinders on and go, nope, nope, nope. If I was taught it in school, it must be right, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's also how, like, at least my thing is how we're going to get all this, like, history, all these 
like obviously you should teach kids certain things like in elementary school is primary school is my belief sorry this sounds like i'm uh I'm making an opinion here but like uh, opinion piece here but like if you're with with our country for instance like there's so many sides and perspectives that we have to discuss. I'm more like, how are we going to fit it all into like either one year or in a curriculum? That's my question. I want that, but like, how, how do we do that? I guess that's just, you know, how the teacher would structure it. Yeah. And yeah, probably a, probably a discussion for another day, but uh, yeah, let's, let's get over to the music class. Let's uh, do you have, do you have much to say about this one? Uh, even though I am a, <laughs> even though I'm a uh, looking at my, five-year recognition award from the uh, uh, music program that I was a part of in high school. Uh, I don't have much to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We basically just learned that they don't allow dancing here. Personal expression is, is always prohibited in the fire nation regime. And so, yeah, now we've, now we've entered uh, footloose as it were. Darn it, man. Like, come on. I was about to like do subtleties here, but oh, all right, fair enough. They don't allow dancing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I keep stepping on your jokes. That's <laughs> nah, fine. It's just it's uh, we we just think alike. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tackling all like the uh, the the teen movies of the eighties. So they gotta they gotta get onto that one. Almost like they already have uh, these these guys were uh, the creators were born in the eighties. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and we see another scene. This one, I I it does look more like they're in recess. I think. Yeah, because all the kids are kind of hanging out in the courtyard and um Anji, is that her name yeah Anji. <laughs> yeah she comes up and she's like hey i love the way you're doing that crazy dancing with your weird feet and you're you're flapping around like a fish it was great yep so it's nice that uh yeah it seems even though his ways are different that the youth are still open-minded enough to be interested well at least one open youth it, it does show that you know within this kind of structure this imperialist structure or whatever you want to call it, the statism structure, uh, that there is still some kids uh, kind of like you who are just like not fully into it yet. Yeah, they're not. Uh, yeah, they're still innocent enough to not fully buy the line. They're they're open to new ideas, as a lot of young folks are. Or, yeah, yeah, still still open to ideas, by the way. They haven't been fully like put down a path, um, whereas her jerk of a boyfriend, or at least I think it's her boyfriend, I, I feel like... I feel like his forehead or his brain's too big for his skull. I was gonna say maybe his skull's too too big for his brain. It's just rattling around in there, and he's like, "Oh, everyone's gonna notice if I'm not really tough." No, but that's the problem is that his brain's like, even though he could be more intelligent, unfortunately, his brain's too big for his skull, and his skull's not that thick, which makes him a numb skull. <laughs> that, that makes no sense, but even still, <laughs> yeah, confused. But definitely some sort of inferiority complex. Maybe he's. Maybe he's got butter feet, and if he tries to dance, he'll he knows he'll just fall right on his face. Yep. And so he hates that Anji is uh, admiring Aang's skills, and yeah, he's gotta he's gotta go right at him. It's battle time. Oh man, he's going after him. He's throw he's he's throw he's chosen violence. He's throwing nux. It's like Spider Man one all over again. Like he's bringing the nux out, and uh, Aang literally does nothing but you know foot foot movement display a really good uh version of uh bagua and uh it's it's uses with when it comes to like foot it, it, those who don't know what they're doing excuse me and it works perfectly also because he's a firebender i didn't even i forgot about that yeah but also it, it again looks like a dance yep so it, it fits into this little theme here but 
of course the headmaster this is probably his uh his his star pupil the big jerk face you know that's what they want in the fire nation so he's like you little troublemaker how dare you make this guy look like a fool you and your parents got to show up for a, a, a parent teacher conference here a little meeting to straighten you out and we've all been there <laughs> uh yeah, especially since the the doofus, like you know, he he puts on a whole show of like, oh, he beat me up, man. It sucks. Like, I've, I've, like you can see all the tears in my face, even though he has like literally like not thrown a single punch. And the thing I love once again, what what scared what, what uh Ang is scared about is not so much being called to the principal's office, but the fact it's like I need to see your parents. Yeah, parents. Uh, oh wait, Anger, you're gonna finally reveal like you know who your parents are and like did you meet them as a child? I mean, again, I'm not throwing, oh. uh, I'm not throwing. Um, yes, Monkey Yatsu was his, uh, was his caretaker and his guardian. I'm not, I am not throwing him under the bus, but I still would love to know who his biological parents were. Uh, could you imagine in a a more uh, crass version of this program, maybe he showed up at the parents teacher parent teacher office with two skeletons. They're just sitting there. <laughs> that tasteless it's like sorry and he's also tired it's like sorry i had to fly all the way to like <laughs> one of the temples i don't know if it was the southern temple and like go find their skeletons it was pretty traumatic as well i'm kind of triggered as well by this point point. and the guy's like okay now you just straighten out your son and everything will be all right and then and then ang starts like puppet bending with their skeletons <laughs> by using air to like move their mouths around and matters <laughs> this joke got went too dark Mm -hmm. i hope it didn't offend anyone (laughs) i really hope not but we get a much more uh humorous version of that scene as we uh well maybe humorous in a different way as we see uh yeah ang brings in some some parents here we see he's got a a pregnant mom there she looks uh she looks very familiar but this 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 dad i don't actually recognize who this is with the long beard or the mustache and yeah no clue i've i have no idea who these two are i feel like he also has an aunt who's also mysteriously absent yeah maybe he just hired these two off the street he just grabbed two firebenders yeah two random firebenders but there also should have been like a again like i feel like he could have gotten an aunt in here potentially i don't, I don't know yeah blind aunt yeah if some... no, no 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 fully no no she can see she could she could completely see i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> wearing sunglasses and <laughs> there you go yeah she just went to get um lasik surgery or whatever it's called yeah but here we have wang fire and uh sapphire uh fire fire yeah no yeah suddenly i'm starting to certainly i'm starting to think maybe this is Sokka because only Sokka could come up with something that idiotic i don't know what you're talking about that does not look like any like that does not look like Sokka himself i don't uh, what are you what, what are these accusations so i would think that too but just that that dumb thinking on his feet that's pretty soccer like but but either way i'm thinking on his fate oh, yeah fair enough either way this guy's like you know your son's been enrolled in here for two days and this guy he's just he's just a can't get right every class he's in he's screwing it all up he's causing uh yeah he's causing fights here he's doing street races it's like we got to figure this kid out or else he's he's being sent to a different country uh well no it's uh, not a different country it's uh i know where you're going with that but unfortunately it's the spice mines i mean coal mines Gee. coal, coal mines, mines. Yeah. jeez that's harsh like i don't know what they do in like the coal mines but i feel like that should be a plot point for later but it's not <laughs> yeah peek behind the curtain if anyone hasn't gotten it yet we're currently covering the the fast and the furious films on another channel 
and we're doing Tokyo Drift today, so I'm I'm drifting in some references. Talk about <laughs> a shameless plug. <laughs> exactly, shameless plug. If anyone likes that franchise, but either way, Sokka or or um, Wang Wan Fire Wong, he's like, I'm tired of this. You know, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing about how much how much trouble my son is. I'm gonna straighten this boy out when I get home, and you don't have to worry about him anymore. And Aang looks all concerned, and and Wang's even, he's he's spitting out some some spitting out some fire spit as he's yelling at this kid of his. It's uh, yeah, it's no good. Yeah, given exactly what the uh, what the headmaster wants to what wants to hear. Yeah, and then he goes marching out just like any good old uh, soldier boy or whatever that march is. <laughs> I guess he's cranking that. And I, I will admit, even though this one is is it it leans heavily into the humor stuff, I think that they somehow just get the balance right where it doesn't feel too silly. Even though some of the sound effects are a little bit too silly, I think this this one's quite funny, and I was laughing uh, quite a bit watching it. I mean, the thing of it is, is also you're everybody has a preference for humor, and yeah. I think this, I think with Avatar, they haven't really. Okay, this is me going off memory, and I'm like, I have to think about it hard. But like, I don't know if much of the humor has been a failure on, on at least from your perspective. I don't think I'm pretty sure you've been entertained by some of it or most of it. Yeah, most of the time they they nail it pretty well. I think the first season, the humor wasn't as good as it's gotten. I think there was some sock bits here or there that were just I was kind of like oh boy here we go again yeah you need to like continue you have to try again as if you know progress with it which they did and that's where we see the fruits of their labor play out yeah I do think they go a little over the board with the sound effects this time though <laughs> and even the score is playing a little bit too kooky at times but but speaking of kooky I mean this is a, a scene I wouldn't have expected even though they kind of set it up in the last episode Yes, most certainly. It's uh, it's the sing. There's, there's sink. It's sinking like a sunset almost in a way. Yeah, we get a sunset, and we get, yeah, we get Anakin and Padme here, and uh, yeah, and May's talking about. I hate orange. It's such an awful color. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. And yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, ripping off George Lucas. I mean, I guess she's right in a way. If you peel an orange, like definitely like it, it'll it's not coarse, but like, you know, it gets sticky and it like gets on your fingers. And like, you know, if you're rummaging through your pocket, you get <laughs> dust on it all. And it's then you get sand, which is coarse and rough. Like, yeah, I yeah. kind of see what she means by that. Yeah, And if you 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 squeeze it too, too hard, it gets in your eye and then it stings. And oh, yeah, no, you don't want that. But really good for avoiding scurvy. That's uh, definitely why you would oh. want to have oranges. So she's kind of wrong in the, in a way. But well, what am I saying? She's she lives in a whole like paleo uh, diet society. So like there you go. Yeah, what am I talking about? Of course, she'd be like oranges. Yeah, <laughs> who would have this crap? And despite us maybe thinking that, oh no, here's whiny Anakin embodied in May. Zuko, he he loves it. He's like, you're so beautiful when you hate the world. That's uh, that's uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Never mind. <laughs> Now I'm just like flashbacking to or trying to flashback to episode two. And I mean, when I say episode two, I mean that episode two, not, yeah. not this episode two, but like, you know, wait, this is episode two. Oh my goodness. Wow. What a coincidence. Yeah. And it seems like uh, between the, between the reels, as it were, the relationships really developed because they even, she's like, or maybe it was him. I think one of them was, I think it's her actually who says, I don't hate you. And he's like, I don't hate you too. And I was like, is this the, 
in the I know speech from Star Wars 2. Is that their version of it? The... Do you mean from five or yeah, from two? five? Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, uh, well, you'd have to be more of a creep to, to her and always be like, you know, uh, kind of giving her no uh, way to exit uh, the scene. Yeah, I was wondering if that was their way of getting around saying uh, that they love each other because they're too uh, too cool for school like Han was. Well, I mean, given that this is, you know, given who May, May is, uh, or Maya, excuse me, uh, she's one that's not exactly with authority. She's literally like with N- NWA, as in not with authority. So weird how she's literally like, you know, uh, on first base with the authority, I guess. <laughs> I don't know about that, but very weird like she's very weird even though she's also born into a thor i have no idea yeah but either way they they start making out and and even after azula shows up and tries to distract them azuko's like can't you see i'm busy and then they just immediately go back to making out i was like oh dear <laughs> pair of uh yeah teenagers who got one thing on their mind and even though uh even though uh zuko's like not having any of it uh my unfortunately i guess is uh still obedient to azula as she's like go and help uh tylee unbraid her hair yeah we see may she she does end up going but she she glances over and gives azula the side eye she's not happy about her kind of interrupting their little love session there and uh zuko is especially unhappy when he finds out why azula's there which is to come and harass him about going to visit Uncle Fatso, as she calls him. Like, she's she's a nasty, nasty lady. This is Zula. <laughs> well, not really, because she's looking out for him. Uh, yeah. Her, her, her older brother. Very interesting how that works out. Yeah, I mean, that is nice. That is nice. Is it, though? It reminds me of my discussion back in the, the Crossroads of Destiny, where I was like, it seems like she does have some genuine, genuine wanting to help this guy out. But we'll see if that's, maybe I'm just being naive. Well, I mean, I guess so, because she's she thinks that like, you know, the the politicians, those those broods of vipers, uh, the nest of vipers, sorry, they're going to they're going to find out that Zuko's going to see his uncle in jail and he's conspiring against his dad. Even yeah. though that's not really the case at all. But, you know, that's just how rabble rousers uh, love to spin things. And you definitely know that Azula would be the one to leak that uh, to the press. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that develops. Uh, yeah, potentially later in the episode or potentially later in the season. But first, we have to cut back to Aang and he, he's come. Him and the family have come back to the cave. And yeah, he's that wide eyed kid. He's trying to explain to him about how he's, he's liking just being a normal kid, not just being on the road all the time. You know, again, typical thing that we see. And he says uh, that he thinks the other kids could also, you know, kind of experience that free spirit kind of angle they don't have to be this this imprisoned kind of locked in one one form kids that they are kind of like he was i guess as the avatar growing up having to be this this special special person yeah you know, the savior of humanity or at least you know yeah. uh, holding holding up tradition tradition yeah to being of uh, being the avatar excuse me uh and so he kind of yeah just yeah you're right he wants to even though he's with you know Sokka, Katara, and Toph, 
uh, you know, they're his family and he's, he's certainly got to know him. He kind of wants another fit. He, he, you're right. He's a social animal. He wants to like, well, that's what's, that's what humans are. Uh, but he wants to mingle and see other kids, uh, and, you know, kind of have fun with them. So it's like, you know, deep down, yeah, he only means well. And in a way he is right that he's getting to the, like, hopefully he can give these kids like a glimpse of the fact that they don't have to think this way. Uh, without attacking the Fire Nation themselves. Uh, it will be interesting what happens when we go forward with this, if we'll mm. see any of these kids aside when, when it happens, but that's uh, not for now. Yeah, but first he has to throw a bit of a, a peace, peaceful rebellion. And what better way to do that than a secret dance party? And you'd think Sokka, you know, he loves his secrets, he loves his, his spy warfare. You'd think he'd love that, but... I think that that beard's just, you know, I think maybe it's going to his head because he, he says, go to your room. And then everyone looks over and they're like, there is no room. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, Toph and Aang can make a room. It's just, <laughs> it's like he says, he says uh, he's like, go to your room, Aang. Uh, there is no room. Go make a room then. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulls on his beard as he walks away. I think there's somewhere... Again, either it's in like, but I, I remember somewhere there is a, uh, there's a, there's a behind the scenes video with Kinetsko, um, not rotoscoping, but him like doing, uh, that, that pose. He was posing for that, doing a reference. There we go. Where he was doing something like that. Oh yeah. And we'll discuss rotoscoping later in this episode. Cause I was absolutely, I was positive that that's what a lot of these images are. Uh, there's a few, there's a few things like, I think there's a few actions and poses here that are like rotoscoped or at least referenced from, you know, actions that were uh, filmed for specific references. Yeah, we'll definitely get there. But first we see uh, Toph setting up some podiums. I like her little vamping there. I think that looks cool. And then we see uh Sokka being like, wow, I can't believe we're having a dance party. This is just, this is just bizarre and, and silly. And he still has the, the beard on. I, I also still got a question uh Sokka where'd you get the beard from that is a good question yeah yeah and it's not like when Aang had uh all the the hair from uh from from excuse me uh from Appa uh no it's uh not that in this case it's uh you know what best not to ask uh moving on I think I know I think I got the answer for us I think I know what you're about to say yeah they returned back to the laundromat and they found the uh the guy who was running it, he was sleeping, and Sokka brought out his brought out a blade and cut off all his hair. So he woke up. He was like, first they they stole so many uh so many of my clients. They wouldn't come back to me after their stuff was stolen, and now they stole my facial hair." So that that poor guy. What is this? The barber of Seville, or um, uh, <laughs> what's that other one? Uh, Sweetie Todd. Sweetie Todd. There you go. <laughs> yeah, these 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 are some bad folks. Yeah. But either way, yeah, we, we eventually see that, that, uh, yeah, they're actually, people actually come to the party. It's not, uh, I was expecting maybe Aang would throw this party and no one would come and he'd be like, they don't like me. They don't like me. That old routine, but instead it actually is a big turnout. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah. People actually show up and, uh, he doesn't go bust, which is kind of, again, I guess in a way like Aang's done nothing, but like, isn't belittled anybody in the school he seems to be like you know uh kind of the uh 
what is it, it rough rough around the ears and whatnot and uh being picked on by the authority figures and no instead the uh everybody kind of gives him a chance which is which is really nice yeah and he his whole band class they they've uh they've adopted a band name the flamios and yeah they're going for it they're playing uh the same song pretty much the whole way through but i i enjoy the music and i'm I'm doing a little jig myself here in my room. Oh, let's go. <laughs> and Aang, he puts on a number. They All the kids are nervous. They're like, we don't know how to dance. We think our parents wouldn't like it. And Aang has to be the dance instructor. And he's, uh, it's pretty impressive, some of the stuff he's doing there. Yeah. No, it's, this, this is true. Uh, do you want to, do you want to go up with, uh, do you want to go up with Aang and show him your moves? Um, I'd rather be in the background dancing with these other kids who look like they don't know how to dance, like yeah, potentially yeah, the Brian Konitsko looking one later. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess yeah, him. <laughs> if you if you if you know the one I mean, but I guess we'll say. I think yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I like uh, as Aang is going around, he he starts showing some moves from that that Kuzan showed him. I, I'm assuming, or at least was involved in those parties. And some old staples from the Fire Nation 100 years ago before they banned the uh, the dancing. And we see sitting at a little bar here is Toph being like, who knew, who knew Twinkle Toes could dance? And we see the guitar. She, she's impressed. She, she's got a little bit of a smirk to her. I, I like that moment. Can I say I love the fact that this may oust themselves, but I love that they're using... Uh, environment. I think I've said this before. Uh, yeah, this is back when it was the desert or the library. Sorry, uh, where they use environmentally sound. Um, I guess they are almost reusable gla- uh, glasses in the way of ice. Oh, I didn't notice that. Made, that yeah, I like that too. That's cool. Although it'll out themselves because even though they made like a ice sculpture fountain, I gotta assume that some of the kids might be like, "All right, wait a second. <laughs> like, like, how does this work?" <laughs> Yeah, uh, they they do. They seem a little dim. These these kids. They seem a little. Yeah, they haven't learned. They probably don't even know that fire that waterbenders can make ice. They're probably like, oh, I don't know. Maybe they only hang out in, in swamps. Those are the ones that the Fire Nation throw showing their propaganda. The swamp benders. Except they haven't ousted the swamp benders out. So obviously the swamp benders are doing something to survive, or they're not worth the firebenders' time. That's why they use them in the propaganda. These fearful swamp benders. They show like little clips of them like moving their flailing their arms around they're like we got to watch out for them you can't trust them so. all right <laughs> hey we see these kind of guys we know what they are well yeah but like just because they're you know not the most like intelligent individuals uh like ever does not mean that they're like you know not humble or uh pretty open and easy going <laughs> oh no i mean the the fire nation that they would use them as the the fearful oh uh, i see yeah. propaganda yeah fair enough yeah <laughs> But we uh, before we get some more of those slick dance moves, we got to cut back to to Prince Zuko. He, you know, this you can't this this poor kid won't learn, and he thinks now's uh, now I know how to to get to to Iroh to make him talk to me. I'll bribe him with food. Yeah, he's still he, this this guy isn't humbled. You know, he's uh, he's just taking his stabs. Yeah, and he he states to his uncle that you know he's he's had all he ever wants. You know, another individual said that, Prince Zuko, a man by the name of Moses. And uh, turns mm. out he didn't have all he ever wanted. Um, but really, there was a reason he did bring this uh, bring this peace offering, if you will, even though Glyro's done nothing at all. 
uh, to deserve that. But even nice of him to cook, but he's speaks of something that, you know, was kind of egging on Zuko since the last episode. And that is the fact that he remembers the spirit oasis water. Mm. And I thought, uh, I thought you were going to say that he said to Tunkle Iroh that, uh, just having the chance to make him laugh was all he ever wanted. I was going to say that line just to reference uh, the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> I see you're going along with that. Not me. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, he, he's drilling it in. He's even, he's getting very, very agitated about how he thinks the avatar is still alive. And yeah, again, he's just getting the wall from Iro, even though he tells him I'm, I'm losing my mind. I need your help, please. Iro gives him nothing at all. And once again, he just kind of flails and gets angry at him. It tells him to waste away for all he cares. Yeah, loses his temper and yeah, just storms out of there. And, you know, it's, uh, but I love how, uh, before we cut away, I love how we, we cut back to Iro and see that uh, there are some tears in his eyes that it, I guess pains him to not speak to his uh, nephew that way. But yeah. I think he knows that it's for the best that he doesn't say anything to him yeah um, it's not it's not out of like uh animosity but it i think in this case it is like uh it, it he is choosing to be silent because you know the whole time like i said we said last season it was all about like he was he's really prodding and and you know making remarks to like you know try to get zuko to change his ways and well we saw how well that did especially uh yeah. in zuko alone when he he separated from glaro so yeah, no, it's uh, it probably makes sense that he's not speaking. And of course, there's also another reason why. But uh, I think, honestly, this worked out really well for them, even though, you know, our, our good buddy Mako passed away. Uh, and I don't and even though they had Greg Baldwin, I think they also made this a choice to not have Uncle Iroh speak. I think that actually makes sense in the episode and not because, you know, uh, Mako passed away at this time. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was I was contemplating to bring that up, but I was definitely thinking that that might have been a reason that they yeah, kept him silent. But I mean, I still think it works. Like, I think it works perfectly yeah. for like you know what they're what they're doing here with Zuko and Iroh. Absolutely, yeah, de- it definitely does work. What's that? What's that saying? Where like the the person who doesn't speak the doesn't speak at all uh, is the one to speak loudly. <laughs> I I know the one you mean, but yeah, I don't know what the. That's yeah. That's not. That's not. Yeah, I'm. I'm paraphrasing it and not botching what it says. But like, whoever speaks the loudest in the room is the one who doesn't speak at all. Yeah, but I guess we'll we'll we will continue that dynamic there with Zuko. But first, we have to cut back to the ballroom or cut back to the cave. <laughs> Ain't no ballroom blitz if that's what you're talking about. But like, uh, you know, <laughs> Zuko mentioned the Avatar, and look at this: the Avatar is bouncing around, showing some moves that would probably make Tylee jealous or we don't know. I'd love to see a dance battle between him and Tylee and see what happens. Yeah. He's looking to disrupt their whole regime. You know, he's, he's, he even grabs, uh, Anji. I keep forgetting our say name. I think yeah. that's it. It's Anji. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, let me show you how to do the ballroom dances back in Boston. Say how they do it. And look at him. He's bringing the earth nation ways to this, the purity of the fire nation. I mean, this guy, he's just undermining the whole thing here. Yeah. I don't know what kind of moves these, these are, but like, uh fair enough yeah but in, and yeah Sokka I mean he's impressed he's like wow look at them they look so pretty together yep and Katara's like eh if that's what you like I was like what does that mean <laughs> that's kind of mean 
Uh, maybe somebody has a bit of uh, jealousy there. Mayhaps. Oh. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything, but like maybe it's not so one-sided in this uh, long-form relationship. Yeah, and then everyone starts doing the same dance, and Aang's like, freestyle it. And then we get a close-up shot of a guy freestyling it, very close to the camera. And I was like, oh, if I turn my head, it feels like I can see Brian Konitsko behind this rotoscoping moment here. I don't know if that's him, but that's what I was thinking. I think you're onto something. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely one of the moments that stood out as, as looking rotoscope. The motion was, in a way, like too kinetic or something. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Uh, I also like the uh, the one character, No Neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that you know, little point of view character there. It's the what do they call him? The Greek choir. The Greek <laughs> choir. There, yeah, there, there you go. And he's he's trying to like bust his moves out with his like two little buddies there. The, especially the one who on the left looks kind of like Ang, uh, but like the Fire yeah. Nation version of him. Yeah, and then Ang, I don't know if he was just wanting to get in the spirit of dancing with Katara, or if maybe he noticed her giving the side eye. He decided to come over and, and offer his hand. It's uh, it's certainly a good point. Um, I feel like, you know, I, f- I feel like for this, they're going to need like a special, uh, a special song. Like they're, they're going to need like, because uh, you know how the cup, the official couple, they always get like the, the song, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's in Footloose. So I took upon the liberty um, to maybe not give some, well, I, I, I unfortunately uh, I, I have a, I, it's it's a mix between like bands and certain songs uh or or albums excuse me so uh hear hear me out i i made, I made up a list uh, hopefully you uh, you can humor me with this hmm. so we got uh we got the ocs we have under the sea by power glove uh the dripping tap uh by king gizzard and the wizard lizard uh 2112 by rush that's a that's a good one uh three teeth x day uh, the body, we certainly need that. Uh, who gotta bring in some corn? Like, why not? You, you gotta have corn. Uh, I'm gonna say Creed at uh, 0.25 speed. That's a that's a good one. Um, something from the Black Panther soundtrack, uh, and then Tarkus for for like a intimate dance. Yeah, one of these could be like an intimate dance. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I could do a, an intimate dance to those those songs, but uh, maybe Ang could. Uh, dude, come on! You, you're not telling me that these kids couldn't dance to the band Creed at like 0.25 speed. We already know like the the lead singer of him, like he's over in the Underworld series. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, maybe he'll show up and he'd be like, "Oh, Flamios, uh, just step aside, step aside. I got my own group here." But but either way, everyone else actually is stepping aside because. Everyone can just feel the heat, the uh, the firebending heat coming off of Aang and Katara here as he's given her this very slick look. Like he's he suddenly found out that he's the the coolest guy in the room, and he's like, Katara's like, "Oh no, everyone's looking at us. What's going on?" Oh no, they read the script. It's the protagonist. <laughs> yeah, the protagonist dance. Everyone clears the dance floor, and he's like, "It's just me and you, babe. It's just me and you." He's given her that that the the eyebrow raise and yeah, and Katara's got this this especially odd look, <laughs> and that's another image that I see memed, the the, uh, the look on Katara's face there. <laughs> and she does this little like little eye kind of uh, it's not quite a blink, but it's like a knowing look. <laughs> yeah, something like that. 
I was like, oh no, what's going on in this scene? <laughs> but they're but they're laying the, the jig in pretty good. It's it almost seems like they're using some of their bending practices and integrating that into a dance, and it's it's got a beautiful flow to it, I think. Yeah, I mean I don't remember Tai Chi ever doing backflips or front flips, so that's a that's a new one there. Yeah, it's an integration. You know, they're taking some some free flowing movements and integrating some of their uh, bending movements as well. Um, I don't remember the timestamp, but I knew I saw one of the girls in the background kind of looked like it was Meng. And I do mean yep. like Meng this time, but yeah, the teeth. Yeah, exactly. It was the teeth that gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see her in a little bit, but first we have to cut outside and what do you know if the big old loser McGee, he was, he was, uh, he was hurt by that failed fight attempt and he happened to get a invite to this dance party and what does he do he goes to grandpa buzzkill and he's like oh they're throwing a dance party uh, uh you gotta go stop it so, so that's yeah by the way by the way his name's hide yeah he's hiding he's he's has to hide his pride after his uh this embarrassing tattletale routine yeah something that uh he doesn't want to want people to see though his hide <laughs> oh oh I think most of us feel the same way. Well, maybe not all of us, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we see, like you said, the guy who, uh, uh, what'd you call him? The, like the, the guy like hides in his collar. What do you, what do you mean? The, the one of the, we mentioned he was like the Greek choir. I can't remember what name. Oh, was. Oh, neck. Yeah. No ne- neck. I think his name is yeah, neck. Yeah. He, he, he's really getting into it now. He's doing like the, what do they call that? Like the, the sprinkler, I think <laughs> something like that. Yeah. He's like, oh, this dancing is pretty cool. It's like my inhibitions just disappear. And I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> right as the headmaster like shows up. Oops, I'm getting an F. Yeah, they do that little anime like uh, circles around his eyes and the huge eyebrows. Like zoinks. And we get the zoom in right on the, ma- the master's face. And then, then yeah, a, a chase ensues. You know, they're like, we got to capture that. That kid with the headband. He's the real troublemaker here. We gotta catch him, and then we get our uh, "I'm Spartacus" moment, where uh, he comes. One of the guards chase after a kid with a headband, turns it around, and they're wearing the the headband. And it's like, "What do you want, sir?" And then next thing you know, all the kids are smiling, and yeah, we keep getting all these kids, and they're like, "I am Spartacus! I am Spartacus!" So yeah, we another little little trope we gotta get here. Yep. And soon they're all sort of like, yeah, all it's and soon they're all surrounded by like uh Aang or sorry, Kuzan. Yeah, Kuzan's everywhere. So, so I, I don't mind. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe little kids hadn't seen this 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 trope used before, so they'd be charmed by it. And I think it's charming for what it is. Yeah, I just I do feel bad for them if they're gonna get like punished for this, which they, they probably are, but I think I think they're certainly it seems like they're okay with this because yeah. yeah, they 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 really don't want to like hear anything about authority anymore. So there you go. And yeah, we'll see if this leads to some sort of internal rebellion. Maybe they'll start having dance halls hidden in caves or or basements. You know, whenever. Yeah, know. it's outlawed. Uh, so that's where you be an activist and yep. take it to the man. Let's go. Yeah, freedom dancing. That's what they'll call it. There you go. Yeah, and that little uh, the the first of the the kind of nerdier kids who was nice to Ang. You know, he he kind of waves Aang off as Aang says goodbye. And then he's in for a big rude awakening when he sees the, the, the earthbending kind of seal off Aang's exit. Yeah. I love his look of complete shock. 
Like he was an earthbender this entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that uh, I wonder if that disrupted the whole message. Like, wait a minute, it wasn't a firebender, it was one of our enemy, the earthbenders who taught us this. Perhaps we don't know. Uh, but it is it is kind of I, I I do feel a bit bad that like even though I I'm with you that I wanted like a uh, uh I, I like the uh, platonicness between uh Ojin and or OG, excuse me, and Aang. I kind of wish that it was her instead of him, but that that's just me. Oh, who saw the who saw him, him leave? Yeah. 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 No, that might have been nice. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. I'm not going to like throw it on the bus for that, but like I, I did, I certainly enjoyed this, uh, this troop of kids and kind of wish to see them again. But anyway, sorry, continue on. Yeah. And then we see, we get this kind of funny shot. It's, uh, let me see what my timestamp is. It's 2240. We see an image of Appa taking off into the skies and we see the outside of the cave with a little bit of fire there and uh, the clouds. And this image was actually making me think of Hanna-Barbera. I was like, oh, all these composite elements, it almost, they all look kind of like they were just drawn onto, like it It doesn't look like the usual avatar imagery, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you see any of that, but it was, it was just making, maybe I was just watching a lot of Super Friends and it was just making me think of <laughs> Hanna-Barbera. I think you just answered your question right there. <laughs> that could be it. it's certainly like a, it's, and I, when I say this, I mean like they're, excuse me they're they're um they're done like in very different ages let's yeah. put it that way that's why i was surprised i was like oh that looks like an image that i could have seen in yeah like a, the godzilla the animated series i could have seen that that cave image with the anyway maybe that's maybe i'm just going off <laughs> potentially but either way we see them taken off to the skies and they're all like wow like we did a good job here and Sokka, you know you can take off that mustache now if you want but uh now he he claims that he can't. He says it's permanently glued to his skin, but I don't know. I think I think he just likes it. Well, that's yeah. Probably he's just like so. This is what facial hair feels like, even though he had that mustache back in um, Tales of Bossing Say, but he cut it off. That's kind of on him. Well, he only had the coffee stain mustache. You know, the couple yeah, little dried on flakes there. You know, whatever you call it. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and then we get a nice little, nice little exchange with Toph and Aang here. It's, it's. I feel like we haven't had too much spotlights on Toph yet this season. So it's nice having this brief little scene. I, it's episode two, man. Like, I mean, you're not wrong, but still, it's episode two, man. Like, come on, yeah. Worry. There's you know, other uh, ones coming out at some point. Exactly. I, I'm just saying this is an early one for her, which is that's nice. fair. Yeah, no, but I, I feel like she would also appreciate what Aang did, given that she kind of, he also kind of liberated her, uh, yeah. in a way. No, yeah, absolutely. Okay, that sounded weird. I'm I'm sorry. That's that's kind of weird. I said that. <laughs> well, just helped her get out of that the same thing, a kind of oppressive place where she had to live under very rigid kind of uh, uh, expectations, and Ang helped her uh, break out of them. Oh, certainly. So yeah, she 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 appreciates him helping those kids, and yeah, I think that was a sweet little moment there. I kind of wish she joined in on the uh, on the dance moves and showed her. Uh what 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 she got with her slick moves but that's that's just me yeah that might have been nice but then we get we get a last little moment here with Katara, and she says that was a really nice dance party yang and she's still got those those uh those dreamy eyes and she leans over and gives him a kiss on the cheek yeah she got those uh she got those angel eyes as jeff healy would say <laughs> are those angel eyes yeah it was a song that he did for uh mm-hmm. for 
I think it was also for Roadhouse. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. But seriously, that was a that was a fantastic song, and uh, she was the one that uh, left the dance floor with Aang that night. Yeah, that's true. Even though nobody else was fawning over her, but anyway. Well, take us home. Take us home. Uh, we get a uh, we get an ending there. A uh, little not ending ending, but like we get a. I guess Zuko's kind of spooked, and so he uh, he goes to this like little industrial area. It's almost like we're about to see Godzilla in a way. And in a way, we kind of do. We see this 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 man, this this large man, who probably has eaten meat his entire life. <laughs> uh, certainly had his like meat and potatoes there, and uh, something's going on with his hand and his foot. I don't know what's going mm. on there. It's like a special yeah. metal glove or boot, kind of weird in that. And uh, we see uh, Zuko. His paranoia probably is correct, and. Uh, so he's like, all right, time to uh, to make up for my mistakes and send out an assassin because I can't go out there anymore because I already did that. So I'll have somebody else do it for me instead. And he hires this guy. And we end off the episode with uh, a zooming in uh, before the credits, of course, uh, a zoom into uh, this this eye, uh, this this really interesting tattoo of, uh, of an eye on his head. Uh, so, you know, we, we, this whole episode was about like the headband and Aang hiding his scar, or scar, uh, his scarred head, which really was his tattoo. And now we see a tattooed figure in the Fire Nation, but it seems like there's a menacing presence to this guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm, we'll definitely discuss him in the near future. So that's uh, that's exciting as we set up as we come to the end. Yeah, more setup. And that was the headband. Perhaps we'll see him wearing a headband later in the show. But for now, yeah, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? Oh man, like I don't know. Like, I, I, I honestly like this may feel like filler, but I, I enjoyed it so much. It was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, definitely. And it does feel like filler, absolutely, but a fun piece of filler. Yeah, it kind of worked on all fronts. Like, yeah, there was a lot of, well, there was filler in there. Um, I don't know. It's just this was the 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 good kind of filler that you really just want to see, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, we set up, we at least had the Zuko stuff in the background that feels like it's really setting up the plot to come. And then with the Aang stuff, it was, I guess, kind of him embracing the fact that he, even though he has to hide who he is as the Avatar, he can still do some good and still inspire people just with his uh, his personality. So, so that was kind of nice follow-up to that last episode. And again, it kind of also gave us some world building that I think is at least important. Uh, something that we hadn't seen with, uh, which is the kids, uh, the children of the Fire Nation. Now, this is obviously not representation of all children in the Fire Nation, but certainly uh, we got a sense of what the teachers and this, the class structure and education side of uh, it is like. And, you know, how they have to, you know, basically sing God Save the Fire Lord, uh, every, <laughs> you know, every every class or whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's it's I think it's I think it's an important piece of filler. Um, yeah definitely and it is a good thing that he got to these kids to like kind of snap them out of it and bring in some brainwashing so even though people might say like oh you know footloose is is nonsensical back in the 80s and whatnot for like a small american town i think in this context it works perfectly yeah yeah definitely especially if if you look at it from like a uh uh, what is it if you look at it from like a an activist standpoint where the activism actually like makes sense Oh, but do you feel like we've arrived at the uh, the old ending here? 
yeah no i think uh, i think that's it for now uh for this episode i think we'll close it on this episode for now uh yeah thank you sir for coming and watching or with me on this one i think it was a lot of fun yeah absolutely yeah and we'll uh yeah i guess we'll we'll see you all as we continue book three i'm very excited to see where we go from here yeah no so far so good for these first two episodes and uh well uh if you and a friend of yours uh are just parked on the side of uh or right in front of your friend's house and you got a bunch of cds and or you turn the radio on and you spend like about an hour and a bit just you know sitting in the seat dancing to these songs and having a good time yeah go do that till next time everybody peace podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Here we go again. Enter at your peril. We'll never come back again. It's got a death curse. We have such sights to show you. And I am sort of like, it's not fair, but I am thinking back to the comic that we, where we actually see Kuzan. But well, that, that's a that's a flash forward. We're gonna get to him later on. Yeah, I'm excited to get to that. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, this one is my or uh, May, by the way. May, sorry, dang yeah. it. Forget <laughs> I know I always get that one mixed it's up. It's gonna suck when I when we eventually do on the other channel. Um, uh, Fatal Fury, and we have my Shiranui because I keep pronouncing it like my. It's like, dang it. And there's <laughs> me. I'm like, ah, son of a gun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they spell them the same way too, so it's difficult. You just gotta listen to what the pronunciation is. <laughs> yeah, especially like, because I don't know if my is like this, this my, like M A I. I don't know if that's Japanese. And then there's May, like, you know, either the Overwatch character or, you know, May from uh, uh, Turning Red. Where that's M E I, but that's Chinese, so it's it's kind of weird. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean like it's weird. Isn't like it's just how it's like you know spelt uh, into English. That, that's why. <laughs>